God called Abraham to follow him. God called him uh, to make a covenant with him that if Abraham would follow the Lord, if he would accept the one Lord, one Lord and God, uh, to be his God, God promised him that he would make of his descendants a great nation. You remember that, right? You remember that story. And this was the beginning of God's chosen people, this covenant with Abraham. And Abraham, all he had to do was say yes to God, and God would do these amazing things. But what's interesting is that God didn't deliver right away. You know, to, to have descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky, you, you kind of need to have children. And it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen. And we're told that Abraham and Sarah were very old. I mean, in the scriptures, they really emphasize that, how old they were. Thank you, scriptures. They were really old. To emphasize the point that it was too late. It was at a point where no children should be able to be conceived. And yet, making good on his promise, his covenant, Sarah ultimately conceived and bore a son for Abraham and for God. And God's chosen people began, had its beginning. These sorts of stories are frequent in the Old Testament. With uh, Zora and Manoah, Manoah, the, uh, the woman who, you know, they didn't understand microbiology, so she was said to be barren, you know, just understood that she couldn't conceive children at that time. That's how they put it. And uh, obviously, you know, they had tried and they had tried and it never happened. She couldn't bear children. And then an angel came to her and promised her that, you know, God is going to gift you with a child. And just like Sarah, who shouldn't have been able to, same with Manoah, shouldn't have been able to, but the angel came to her and said, no, God's going to do something great in you, and your son is going to be great. And all she had to do was say yes. And from her came Samson. God continued to make these great promises with seemingly impossible circumstances. Isaiah prophesied that God would also bring forth another great person. A child would be great. And that child would be named God with us, or Emmanuel. And before that happened, once again, God comes to another couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we're told they were too old. They were too old. They had longed for a child, of course, a son. But it was too late, so they thought. And then Zechariah was visited. <clears throat> no, God is going to do something great for you and for Elizabeth. She's going to bear a great, great son for the world, a great prophet. And Zechariah was like, well, okay, but she's pretty old. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> now that's going to work. All he had to do was say yes, and it worked. 
And God did an amazing thing through them. And through Elizabeth was born John the Baptist. So in the history of Israel, God did this kind of thing. He just did. It, and they all knew that these things could happen. So when the angel Gabriel comes to the Blessed Mother and says, guess what? You're going to conceive and bear a son. And she, she knows her scripture. She knows the stories. She, I mean, you know, and she's told, look, your aunt or your cousin has even conceived in her old age. Really? Like the stories of old. Yes, and in you, God is going to do something great. Just like he did for so many other women in the scriptures. He's going to bring forth from you the greatest gift the world could ever receive. And all she had to do was say yes. And just like these other wonderful women in the scriptures and men as well, she said yes to God's plan. It looked pretty hard. She wasn't married. Um, how do you explain that to your, your betrothed? Joseph, I have to tell you something. <laughs> it's going to be hard to understand. And Joseph, we know, was he didn't react harshly, but he certainly didn't really know what to do. He was confused, probably heartbroken, probably heart, but, you know, a combination. Because on one hand, he knew Mary wouldn't do what it would presume she would have done to become pregnant. He, he knew her too well, but at the same time, the confusion, you know, the, probably a broken heart a bit. And an angel visits him and says, look, this is a great gift from God. Just like all of the many stories of old, this is another great gift from God. And he wants you to take this child as your own and name him Emmanuel. And all it took was Joseph's yes to protect Mary and her new child in her womb. Over and over again, through the scriptures, God promises great things. And all it requires is for people to say yes. They, they don't ever get the full story. You know, Abraham didn't get the full story when he said yes. You're going to have a great nation after you. Sure, that sounds pretty good. You know, and then, I don't know how many years later, 50 years later, finally it happens, begins to happen. He never really got to see the fruition of this great nation. And Mary didn't, she could have never anticipated that this great gift from God would also be the one who would suffer and then ultimately die on a cross. And that she would participate in that as a mother would, of course, watching her child suffer and die. She didn't know the full story. None of them knew the full story. They only knew God's initiative and the obedience of faith, as we heard in the second reading, the yes. And how similar is that to our own lives? You know, you think, well, I, I, yeah, I think I'm supposed to marry this guy. But, you know, I'm not totally sure. But I think God wants me to do it. But you have no clue what's going to happen 25 years later or 30 years later or vice versa. You know, this woman 
or as a priest. You know, I mean, I think back to when I said yes this morning, when I said yes again, but because you say yes every day. But no, I think back to, you know, the first time, you know, the day of my ordination, ultimately. I mean, you say yes leading up to it, but that's the day, right? Just like your wedding day. And at 29 years old, you just don't know what's going to happen. You could never predict what your life is going to be like. But if you know that God is calling you, how do you not say yes? How do you turn down God? And so what the Lord is looking for is our assent. And, and not a yes just for ourselves, but a yes for Him so that He can do great things. I look at all of the, you know, the children that are here, and, and of course a lot of the, the children, they live elsewhere, but all of the great things God has done through all of you. All of the, the wonderful things. And so often, you know, in life, it's, it's easy for us to become focused on what we don't have or what we ought to have or what things ought to look like. But God's plan is, is always a bit different, maybe a bit more mysterious. And as long as we're saying yes, we're being faithful. And we're saying yes to all of it. You know, the Jews uh, in the Old Testament, they, have this, they had this uh, relationship with God that was undulating. You know, up and down. They'd be faithful, and they'd be blessed, and then they'd be unfaithful, and they'd be punished. Right? But through it all, God would remain faithful to them, but sometimes they needed the suffering for their betterment. Sometimes they needed hardship for their betterment. And sometimes prosperity was given as a gift for their fidelity. And God seems to work the same with us. He's going to use all of it for our benefit if we say yes. The hardship, the suffering, even our sinfulness, He will turn into a moment of grace. Because it's in those difficult moments that God can turn our lives around. That God can give us great gifts, bring us to conversion, and bring us to holiness. And so as we finish up this Advent season, this preparatory time to receive the Lord Jesus, let us model Mary, the preeminent disciple of the church, the model of the church. Let's model her, Joseph, all of the many women and men of the Old Testament. And let us say yes to whatever God is asking so that he may do great things in us. Please stand.